Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Nobody Likes You When You're an Emotionally Stunted Man. I feel like in previous episodes, I have focused very much on what men do wrong. And yes, there is a lot of content to talk about, but also... I want to show some empathy and talk about the ways in which our society has set men up for failure in intimate relationships and how men can maybe recover from that. Um, I just finished Bell Hooks' The Will to Change, Men, Masculinity, and Love. So this will pretty much be a crash course on that, and I still recommend anyone interested in learning more about this to actually sit down and read the whole thing or the audiobook or whatever. Um, You may have read All About Love by Bell Hooks, which is more well-known, and I recommend that as well. Um, I was originally going to split this into two parts, but ended up deciding to just make one longer episode since I finished the book quicker than I thought. And Um, a lot of, like, the thoughts that I started with for what it was gonna be the first episode, uh, just didn't feel complete, uh, so I just wanted to, like, finish the whole thought, I guess. So, where it all begins, growing up in the patriarchy. Yes, I know that radical feminists have made men roll their eyes at the word patriarchy because men may feel attacked or blamed or whatever, but hear me out. (laughs) Let's just call our society what it is. It's a patriarchy. And what men don't realize is how much they suffer under these values. And although they may have more power and receive more rewards, it has caused the majority of men to be emotionally stunted and has highly affected their ability to have deep, intimate, emotional relationships. The patriarchy has also been perpetuated by men and women, um, since so many people just adhere to the values it brings and continue to live in what's known and comfortable. The big idea in patriarchy is that men and even young boys are expected to be strong protectors and separated from their emotions so that they don't interfere with their job or emasculate them, Um, as well as men being rewarded for violence at a young age with a mask of violence being at times heroic, especially in the media, Um, like uh, our society's thoughts on war and things like that, like having war heroes and being so respected but it's just uh, encouraging violence. And, and yes, many patriarchal men are amazing providers and caretakers. But simultaneously, they're like imprisoned by a system that consistently undermines their mental health and doesn't allow men to be honest about their feelings without being deemed weak. Um, The crisis that men are facing is not the actual, the crisis of actual masculinity, but instead this patriarchal view of masculinity. Um, This distinction is 
very important because without it, men men feel that changing the way we view things is a threat of emasculating them when we're really just uh, kind of redefining what that means and including the parts of men that they have ignored, such as their um, emotional well-being. So let's talk about the ways in which feminism has failed us. Um, feminism has not spent nearly enough effort in studying boyhood and providing ways to raise men with an alternative view of masculinity instead of just the regular toxic masculinity that we see every day. Um, seeing the men, seeing men as the enemy made it impossible for boys and men to feel worthy of rescue from the exploitation and the pressure that the system puts on them, um, not allowing them to feel their feelings. Hating and fearing men is so common nowadays, and for good reason. Men terrify me, but it further isolates them. And it doesn't encourage them to change. It repels them from the idea of becoming emotionally aware and learning the practice of loving. And it's often that the most uh, known feminist idea is hating men. But the more enlightened feminists realize that it's the patriarchal culture that's the problem and not the men because they're suffering too and you know just the sexism and the uh idea of male domination that is so ingrained in everyone it's it's also a thing to think about how men were raised in this patriarchal culture and you know and this is more so stronger back then it's a little bit better now but not that much um and then the feminist movement happened and women just expected men to talk about their feelings all of a sudden and men literally just didn't know how they just have never learned how and you know it's not a secret that our culture requires that boys deny suppress and eventually just shut down their emotional awareness and their capacity to feel. Um, the only accepted emotion for boys and men to feel and show is anger or rage. Boys often don't learn how, like, allow themselves to allow themselves to feel their painful feelings, um, or learn how to communicate what they're feeling and like ultimately learn how to work through them in a healthy way. And culture and mass media send boys one message on how to deal with their feelings and it's to act out and in rageful fits. <laughs> Anger prevents love and isolates the one who's angry. It's this agony of believing that you are not capable or worthy of being understood. Um, and it ultimately just drives this wall between you and the person trying to love you. And also thinking about um, when boys are in their teenage phase, they're 
often so angry, right? And it's widely known about that they're angry, but no one seems to care unless it leads to violent behavior and they just excuse it as like a regular teenage phase. Um, but really like the boys are getting to an age where they're turning into men and they're expected to shut, shut down their emotions and they have no space where they can go, where grief is accepted and they're allowed to feel their feelings. So it turns into anger, and that's usually um, when boys will just shut off their emotions completely. Bell Hooks says in The Will to Change, um, To love boys rightly, we must value their inner lives enough to construct worlds, both private and public, where their right to wholeness can be consistently celebrated and affirmed, where their need to love and be loved can be fulfilled. Of course, we all know that the way we are is rooted from our childhood experiences and how we react to them. Um, For this, generally, like, an absent father, physically or emotionally, will cause a boy to become hyper-masculine and emotionally shut off. Although most patriarchal fathers don't use physical violence to teach their sons, um, they end up using techniques of psychological terrorism, such as shaming. It's so hard to find a good dad nowadays that will be vulnerable and show their sons that emotion is okay. And maybe it's just that like, most of our dads are like boomers. I guess, um, as far as like the age range of my generation and they're just, you know, they're, they're ingrained in that patriarchal system and those values. So they really are shut off completely from their emotions. A weird thing that I also learned in this book that I didn't really think about that much was, um, fathers often feel like they're in competition with their sons. They feel like they have to prove that they're the real man and the one in charge. And this gets more intense as the son gets older because the boy is becoming a threat to his father's masculinity. And young boys generally feel like there is this masculine ideal that exists, but they just don't know how to attain it. And this is felt strongest by boys with absent fathers since they don't have any role models, good or bad, to show them. Um, So they just feel this lack of guidance. Many women and mothers fall into patriarchal thinking as well, and they allow the father to be the dominator and, like, do the disciplining. Um... So there's been so many women who have stood by and witnessed their son's brutalization at the hands of their fathers, whether that be emotionally or physically. Um, And then we wonder why male rage is most often directed at women with whom they're in intimate relationships. It's also very common that um, mothers have 
this like suppressed rage at men in their lives and will act out with their sons. And, you know, this means they may either force their son into an inappropriate relationship in which he must provide for her the emotional connection that grown men have failed to give her. Um, But it could also mean that they engage in emotional abuse in which the son is like belittled and shamed for being a boy. So mothers can, you know, definitely help form these ideas as well and it's not just the fathers and it's also a thing that the moms will very often um stop giving care affection and emotional nurturance to their sons as they reach their teenage years in fear that it will emasculate them or it will turn them into a mommy's boy um And the boys are, you know, they're unable to cope with this loss of emotional connection and generally will internalize that pain and mask it with rage. And that kind of also feeds into why teenage boys are so angry. Often men who are unable to make emotional connections with women um, they're, that they're intimately involved with are frozen in time, um, unable to allow themselves to love for the fear that the loved one will abandon them. Very often these same men will act out and self-sabotage in relationships, um, trying to test their partner's love because uh, he feels unworthy, so he acts out he acts out, but he still hopes for unconditional love in return. Um, This testing is not healing, even if he receives the unconditional love. It just reenacts and further confirms this idea within himself that he is unworthy of love. Eventually, the women usually become weary of the testing and will walk away from them, I definitely have. Um, The man finds himself in this like self-fulfilling prophecy, telling himself he's unworthy, then self-sabotaging and ending up alone, self-confirming this idea that he's unworthy and establishing that idea within himself even more. Uh, They find that they cannot put their trust in love. So they often put their faith in being powerful and dominant. Lots of women, including mothers, are afraid that men who are empathetic and emotionally aware and lack aggression and emotional sensitivity will not survive well in the world. They have an idea that men have to be tough and closed off to survive. Um, Bell Hooks quotes Olga Silverstein pertaining to this and says, Men aren't surviving well. We send them to war to kill and be killed. They're lying down in the middle of highways to prove their manhood, an imitation of a scene in a recent movie about college football. 
They're dying of heart attacks in early middle age, killing themselves with liver and lung disease via the manly pursuits of drinking and smoking, committing suicide at roughly four times the rate of women, becoming victims of homicide generally at the hands of other men three times as often as women, and therefore living about eight years less than women. So our, our boys aren't doing well. And we gotta, we gotta know that. We gotta accept that. And they need uh, support, honestly. And a lot of times women will um, beg for men to share their feelings. Uh, especially ones that they're like intimately involved with. But when the men do, they often will like interrupt or s- silence them by like, crying or having an emotional reaction, um, which, you know, is fair. Sometimes men can, uh, be mean with their feelings and it hurts, but this sends men the message that their feelings are just too heavy for anyone to bear and ultimately will make them, uh, shove them down even more. And there are so many women my age, mid in my mid-20s, that I know <laughs> that would scream at their boyfriends, calling them pussies and telling them to be a man. I wish I could say that our generation is better than this, since this book that I'm, I read was published in 2004, but I know way too many people that uphold these values and don't allow men to be vulnerable and have these expectations for men still. So this brings me to my next point that men are raised and groomed to feel most masculine when they're in a dominator role. Bell Hooks references a research done about date rape in college. Um, Researchers interviewed a range of college men and found that many of them saw nothing wrong with forcing a woman sexually. While I'm not sure all the men in this study were violent rapists, it was clear that given what they conceived as the appropriate circumstance, they could see themselves being sexually violent. Um, Unconsciously, they engage in patriarchal thinking, which condones rape, even though they may have never acted on it and never will. Terence Real is quoted in The Will to Change saying, Violence is boyhood socialization. The way we turn boys into men is through injury. We sever them from their mothers, research tells us way too early. We pull them away from their own expressiveness, from their feelings and sensitivity to others. The very phrase, be a man, means suck it up and keep going. Disconnection is not fallout from traditional masculinity. Disconnection is masculinity. And the first act of violence that this culture demands them is not to harm women, but instead for men to engage in psychic self-mutilation, killing off the emotional parts of themselves, which 
personally, I view as the ultimate act of self-betrayal. Also, I guarantee this violence and dominator role that men are raised to feel masculine in is the cause of how many men have domination kinks. Most men I've been with have had some sort of kink in this area, whether they discussed it with me first or it was a surprise, whether it was milder or more extreme. As I've grown older, I also feel less comfortable with it. For a while, I was like, fuck yeah, let's do some kinky shit. Like, why not? It was just the cool thing to do, Um, especially being an outgoing alternative woman. Men literally just expect that I want to get choked. Um, I've started to question more and more why exactly men feel the need to dominate me if they feel threatened by me in some way. Um, Also, sometimes I'm just like, why does this man want to choke and hit me? Um, I get that breath play can make senses more intense and all that, but there's a big difference between consciously working with that and a man just surprising me by, like, socking me in the boob. I am not trying to kink shame. (laughs) If that is your cup of tea, then go for it as long as it's consensual and both parties will feel fulfilled by it. Um, It's just something to think about. And question why exactly it's fulfilling for you. And if it's coming from a place of pain, if it feels like healing for you, or if it's damaging you more, especially if you're the one being dominated, since it's putting you in such a vulnerable position. Um, I've experimented with kink. As time goes by, I'm like, damn, I just really like passionate sex with someone I'm in love with. I know this makes me sound a thousand years old, but everyone's different. Um, I'm just not that kinky and I'm more of a passionate, emotional lover. But I do ask my followers that have a domination kink to just look inward, uh, just do some self-exploration about it all, just think about it. Um, Yeah, think about if it's coming from a place of pain. and if it's helping you or hurting you more. And I think that just in general, that men have the idea that when it comes to sex, there's always a dominant and submissive party. I also think that because heterosexual sex is pretty invasive, um, it's always the man pushing himself inside a woman's body in one way or another. Men learn that they should dominate women, that strong men dominate women. But love just, it cannot exist in any relationship that is based on domination and coercion. And men have an obsession with sex, as we all know. I think that men very often uh, have casual sex because they are afraid of the vulnerability required from love, and they have sex hoping for the emotional satisfaction that would actually just come from loving someone and being loved. Um, 
This is probably why men very often jump from one sexual encounter to the next very quickly. Um, They're searching for something deeper but not receiving it. So they continue to search for something that could potentially bring that fulfillment. That can be both love and affirmation of someone's selfhood and affirmation of their masculinity. I think that this could also be the reason for cheating. A man can be in a happy relationship, but be disconnected from his emotions, still unable to give and receive love because he's still detached. So he thinks it must be the woman that he's with and tries to receive that from someone else. Or he's just unconsciously trying to feel in touch with his masculinity by being overly sexual. Since men are told from a young age that a man's desire for sex is so heightened and they'll go crazy if they don't get their rocks off. Um, Sex can also be less about connecting to someone and more about releasing their pain. Women have spoken about, which I completely agree with um, and have experienced, that men are far more likely to share their feelings with a woman that they are sexually intimate with and most often will express themselves in the moments before or after sex, which is when they feel most vulnerable. Um, When men change and become emotionally aware and learn how to love, the way they feel about sex often changes. Instead of fantasies of domination as a way to assert manhood in a pla- in place of selfhood, they grow to favor it for the emotional connection and love of the other person. Instead, they begin to view it as a way to be tender and vulnerable and still remain safe. So that sounds pretty good, right? It's not just me. That sounds. I think we could all agree that that just sounds a million times better. Um, so if you're a man and you're feeling so unfulfilled and hopping from person to person and searching for something, whether it's just to make yourself feel better about yourself or you just want something from another person and can't find it from them, usually it's it's because you're not in touch with your emotions and in a place where you're open to loving. Now, back to talking more to the women. Um, it's not just men who don't take their emotions seriously, but many women do not want to deal with male pain if it interferes with the satisfaction of female desire. Very often, women see men's emotional pain as a sign of weakness Um, Despite all the expressed feminist longing for men of feeling, when men actually worked to get in touch with their their feelings, no one really wanted to reward them. Um, No man successfully measures up to patriarchal standards without engaging in self-betrayal. They betray themselves by not allowing themselves to be honest about how they feel. They are consistently not advocating for themselves. To always live this lie 
they deprive themselves of an authentic sense of identity and well-being, which causes intense, lasting emotional pain. Bell Hooks says that when she went around the world talking about love, the self-description that she heard from many men was that something was missing within them. And she also says, and I quote, We cannot change men, but we can encourage, implore, and affirm their will to change. We can respect the truth of their inner being, a truth that they may be unable to speak, that they long to connect, to love, and to be loved. And women often believe that their love could save men. I'm guilty. I, I, you know, it, you think that it could heal all their wounds, and by loving them, will teach them how to love. The truth is, women can share in the healing process. We can be there and share information and skills. But we cannot do for them what they must do for themselves. Our love helps, but it will not alone save them. They need to save themselves by learning the art of loving and allowing themselves emotional awareness. It's more difficult for men to do the work of emotional development because this work requires individuals to be emotionally aware, to feel their feelings, and patriarchy rewards men for being out of touch with their feelings. Men who are emotionally aware often feel isolated from their peers. Um, This fear of isolation prevents men from wanting to become more emotionally aware. (laughs) As far as my personal experience with this, I have not had many male relationships where I felt they could feel and make sense of their emotions, let alone communicate them. I've only seen my father have two, maybe three emotions in his life. Usually he was in this neutral but also grumpy mood when he would finally express his feelings. It was always anger or rage. Occasionally I would see him happy, but it was not common. And he was distant even when he was physically close and felt like a stranger in my house. I have also not once in my life been able to have a serious conversation about mine and his feelings. If I was att- uh, if I was to attempt to talk about my feelings to him, it would be in such a passive, almost neutral language that I would hardly be honest. Um, and his response when I would even just kind of attempt was never welcoming or gave me anything to work with to further the conversation and often ended up with him getting angry and belittling me. So I gave up on trying to have those talks. When a parent, especially a father figure that has caused a lot of pain, is so closed off to having a potentially healing talk, it breeds feelings of insecurity 
fear and isolation. My father has never learned the practice of loving and still now that I'm adult, an adult refuses to change and learn. Something more positive that I want to say is that I am <clears throat> so impressed with my brother who often looked up to her dad growing up and probably still does in a lot of regards. My dad has been um, successful in a lot of ways. I remember my brother being more closed off after our dad left and seemed emotionally shut off, definitely not communicating his feelings often, but my brother has done so much work from what I can tell and is now unafraid to share his emotions and is in a beautiful, healthy relationship with his fiance, who he loves very much. And from what I can tell, has learned to love her in a way that is vulnerable and healing. And I am very, very proud of him. Some male partners I've had have been semi-closed off or hadn't been able to communicate well. My last long-term relationship, he worked very hard to learn the practice of loving, feeling his feelings and communicating them, but his pain was too big. He ended up self-sabotaging and all that. But I've also dated some incredibly emotional men. I've also always preferred that because as long as they are feeling their feelings and open to discussing their feelings, I feel as though healing can come from it since that's the first step. Um, many of these men feel such intense things and their feelings are so big, but they have no idea how to work through them and release them. They just hold them inside until they explode because they were never taught how to emotionally regulate or channel their pain into other things or talk about their feelings and ultimately move on and heal. Something I'd also really like to discuss is the amount of sexual trauma that men have been through and never processed. Oh my god, the amount of times a man has told me about his early sexual experiences very casually and I was horrified is so insane. Very often they just like didn't view it like that and shoved any uncomfortable feelings down because they are men and can't be raped or assaulted or because they thought they wanted it or something similar. A lot of times men just don't think they can be the victim because they're a man or they don't want to be victimized because it will emasculate them. And usually after talking about it longer, they can see that it was assaults and not okay and could potentially have been very traumatizing. I've had men tell me these stories and they end up like unpacking them in therapy and making sense of their now very skewed view of sex. But it goes to show how much insanely traumatizing. Sorry, the dogs are barking. It goes to show how much insanely traumatizing shit men get go through, even very, very young, and turn off their feelings about it. 
they never get to work through their trauma because they're afraid it will affect their masculinity and they aren't emotionally aware. Um, The feelings are too painful and they shove them down because no one has given them the space to grieve. Personally, I have worked through my sexual trauma as much as I can. Of course, it's always a process, you know, like it will always kind of be there. But when I, like before I actually started putting in the work, trying to shove that down caused me to feel so much pain and uneasiness. It made me act in ways that I wouldn't usually because I was seeing life through a lens of pain. I genuinely think that most men walking around are just constantly in that state and I feel so sorry for them um, to just have that held in and not have anywhere to talk about it, have no space for that. I just, I couldn't imagine um, just living my life like that. So how can we help men? How can they recover from this? Firstly, we must replace this dominator role with a partnership model that sees interbeing and interdependency as the organic relationship of all living beings. Um, we must instill in the men, the men in our lives that we care about, we need to instill in them that it is enough for them to just be, to have value, that they don't have to do or to perform to be affirmed and loved. It's not, not all about what they provide, how they protect or how they dominate. Being their vulnerable selves is more than enough for them to be loved. Strength is not the power over someone else. Strength is one's capacity to be responsible for self and others. This deep wound in men can only be healed by the practice of integrity. The root of the word integrity is the verb to integrate, such as integrating the different parts of you into one whole being. Although it can be very painful to integrate parts of you that you have shoved down, turned off, and ignored for years, it is the only way to heal. So how do you do it? How do you integrate? Um, First, you got to tell the truth, your truth. Most men are constantly lying, not sharing their emotions, and taking on false appearances. This can be very damaging to self-esteem. To honor themselves, to practice integrity, men must share their honest feelings, even at the risk of hurting someone else's feelings. This will help men get in touch with their true, honest selves. Bell Hooks says, most men remember the true self that once existed, and it is that memory of loss coupled with rage at the world 
which encourages the surrender of the self that engenders depression. Next, men must name the intensity of their rage and the pain that it masks. Get to the bottom of it and be honest. They also must be able to speak their fear without shame. Um, When men begin to do the work of self-recovery, they must feel the pain that they repressed so that they can begin to heal. This is a mourning period. They can mourn past losses and attachments. They need to mourn the old self that they stifled and create the space for a new self to be born. When a man doesn't mourn, he is likely to be frozen in time and unable to grow from there. Another very important step to integrating is learning to be flexible and assume responsibility. This means learning how to embrace change and critique from both yourself and others. This means not accepting that the damaged parts of you are just who you are and instead taking advice from loved ones and maybe instinct from yourself on how you need to change to grow than working to do it. This also means that when you do something wrong, you take responsibility and make amends. Or if someone wrongs you, you are able to forgive. Forgiving is letting go of perfectionism and accepting vulnerability. Doesn't mean you have to have the person in your life anymore, but forgiveness is separate from that. Forgiveness is just um, accepting that people are imperfect. You also must be able to give and receive affirmations. This means to be able to affirm yourself and who you are and who you strive to be. It also means accepting affirmations from people that love you and giving them affirmations back. Lastly, claim passion. To claim passion, men must embrace the pain, feel the suffering, and move through it to the world of love and pleasure. And as someone that wants to support men in their change, you should give them affirmation that they can change as well as assurance that you will accept them when they are changed. This will make these steps seem a lot less risky. The goal isn't to ask men to give up their manhood, but instead to allow its meaning to be transformed. To develop an idea of masculinity that is connected to their emotions and allows them to be vulnerable and create meaningful relationships, separating the idea of masculinity from dominance and the will to do violence. I love all of my listeners and I'm very grateful um, for the time that you've put in to listen to me talk and I hope you found some kind of understanding of yourself or your partner or your brother or your father or just comfort. And 
inspiration to change in this episode. Um, thanks for sticking till the end of this. It really means a lot. Please subscribe, rate, and share my show if you feel so inclined. Um, if you have suggestions for episodes, please email them to me at sophiaswartzbaugh at gmail.com. I'm not going to spell that. My name is on Spotify, so it's just first, last name, gmail.com. Um, or you can send me, send them to me on Instagram if, uh, you know, my Instagram. So talk to you soon. Thank you so much.